everybody and welcome along to episode 6 of Arsehole Animals with Alice. I'm your host, Alice Vasalo, and today we're talking about a species that is somehow super chill and also not chill at the same time. Today we're talking about sloths. But today is a special episode as we'll only be discussing sloths in the wild rather than those you'll find at a zoo. I'll give you a quick rundown of this species and then we'll bring on our guests. Sloths belong to the Magna Order of Xenarthra, which, I'll admit, sounds like the name of a planet in a sci-fi movie, but it's actually a group of animals that includes sloths, armadillos and anteaters. There are six species of sloth that are split into two categories, the two-fingered and the three-fingered. The reason I'm not saying two-toed or three-toed is because all sloths have three toes, dummy. But one of the many discernible differences between the two types is the amount of fingers on their hands, either two or three. Sloths can be found in the tropical rainforests of Central and Northern South America, with the Spanish word for sloths being perezoso, meaning lazy. The word sloth itself derives from an old English word for lazy or inert. So it's probably safe to say that etymologists are not a fan of our slow-moving pals. Sloths have the reputation for being very zen and relaxed, but actually the opposite can be true. When provoked, a two-fingered sloth can be a formidable force of nature, with sharp teeth and claws that are ready to attack a lot quicker than you think. Sloths are also considered cute animals, and it's part of the reason they are so popular in merchandise all over the world. But really, sloths should be adored because of how bizarrely unique they are. They can barely move on the ground, but are amazing swimmers. They can hold onto a branch without expending any energy and have even been found dead still hanging from a tree. They have the slowest metabolic rate of any mammal and can actually starve to death on a full stomach if the weather is too cold. The creator of the sloth must have had a sense of humor to create an animal that is slow moving, seemingly dim-witted, but with a vicious streak. Truly the spirit animal of the Tories. So now that you're all clued up about sloths, let's bring on our guests. Wonderful. And now it's time for me to introduce my amazing guests, plural. They are wildlife vets out there saving the lives of wild animals in Costa Rica. They are the brilliant and hilarious Ana Maria Vidara Rosales and Andreas Breudigam. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. No, Thanks thank for the invite. We are sitting down today to talk about species. I think people will be surprised to realize that they can be assholes. People have this image of sloths, obviously, through a lot of pop culture and sort of social media that they are very chill. And I think a lot of the time they can see sloths in zoos be very, very chill, you know. But we're, we're talking about wild sloths today. So the, the first question I have for you guys, and maybe in fairness, maybe we'll go alphabetically. Anna first and then Andreas. Is that all right? In yeah, fairness. So um, the question I ask everybody that comes on the podcast is what animal do you think of when you hear the word asshole? Like individual or species? Ooh, that's a good question. So, I mean, if you have an individual in mind, we can do an individual shout out. But generally, I mean species. Hmm. Well, individual, I do remember this. It was a tree finger slot. I'm going to be talking about tree fingers because I'm going to be team tree finger over here. And oh, cool. Andres defend the two fingers. Um, <laughs> ooh, I, I do remember this guy. We only did a health check on him, but he was such an asshole, a huge male. 
Oh, really? That they, the, the firefighters found. And they keep telling me it was a, a two-finger. And the moment we opened up the, the bag where the animal was, it was a three-finger. They were oh surprised he could, he could be so aggressive. And they were terrified of him. That's crazy, because that's the first time I've heard of a three-finger, you know, in my limit, and I had limited experience in Costa Rica with starts only over the period of about seven to eight months, but, like, I never saw an aggressive three-fingered sloth like I, I always thought that they were chill sort of no matter what so he was just what thrashing around and, and being kind of crazy and making growling ni- noises and surprisingly trying to bite yeah, yeah it's it was a rare sight it, as you said they tend to be chiller but I have seen some guys that are, they got no chill oh they, they are no chill and um, what about as a species do you think is there any species of animal you think that qualifies as an asshole? I will go for toucans. Toucans are assholes. Yeah. That's, and then sluts. That's completely <laughs> agreed. I think, I, I mean, toucans for me are my number one. The I think the keel-billed toucans are absolute assholes. I cannot wait to do an episode on keel-billed toucans with every single one I've met in captivity or in the wild has been a grade A douchebag. So that that's an amazing answer. I absolutely love that. Andreas, do you have a, um, an animal specific or species in mind? Yeah. I mean, well, like Anna said, we divide ourselves in like, She's three uh, toed sock, I'm team two toed sock, <laughs> and I'm here to sully my favorite animal into dirt today. I love it. Um, so I think two toed saws are absolute assholes, love but it. I must agree, toucans are like the masterminds of birds, so they're like calculated assholes. Yeah. So it's it's not that they're just like asshole assholes, like for the sake of just like, oh, I'm a dick. No, it's like, oh, I want to be a dick. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm craving violence today. <laughs> Waking up and being like, whose day can I fuck up today? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so on the topic of, of sullying the, 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 your favorite animal today, first of all, what, what are your credentials for talking about the, the asshole of, of the week this week? So, well, I'm a veterinarian at an NGO and research center. We also do rescue, rehab and release. We well, I basically work with what is the research, the clinical research part. I do a lot of clinical research on slots because they're understudy, as everyone knows. No one yeah. really knows a ton about them, and the information yeah. is pretty limited. And I also foresee all the rehab, all the husbandry, all the plans for rehabbing and changing who animals are ready, what animals are, are moved over here, and working with the person that is in charge of the research part, like tracking and all of that we make health checks on wild slots and on the slots that we have recently released so I do a little bit of everything and then I go places and talk about slots like I'm in some sort of cult and trying to make people love slots (laughs) yeah you're like uh you're like the Mormons like knocking on the door being like do you have a minute to talk about slots (laughs) I love literally some of the stuff we do we literally go to places like hey do you have like five minutes to talk about the slots in your property (laughs) yeah have you accepted the sloth into your heart because you absolutely should (laughs) that's amazing yeah you do amazing stuff Anna like you're so I think you're so well-rounded I mean to be involved with husbandry and veterinary care to be involved in in release and also education is a lot and I think that's that's amazing Andreas yes tell us about your credentials to sloth I'm excited about this so um, I've actually worked with slots for over nine years. So I have two backgrounds, a uh, background in paleontology. So I specialize where I specialize in slots. So extinct slots. What? I work with them a little bit. Yeah. And then I moved on into working with um, slots first in like a husbandry side and then um, as a vet. Yeah. And so I worked with slots in some capacity for 10 years. And I work right now in several rescue centers and uh, rehab institutions and 
uh, zoos as well. And on all of them, I work with zoos. So I'm pretty good with sloths. Yeah, you're pretty, you're pretty good. Yes, you know a thing or two about sloths. I, I think I picked. Yeah, some might say. I love it. This is this is amazing. These are real, like, amazing credentials with sloths. Um, I've definitely got two sloth experts, and yeah, team uh, three fingered and, and team two fingered. So I'm very excited about that today. So I was wondering if you guys could talk to me about maybe your most. Maybe we'll keep it to one or two of your most memorable experiences uh, with sloths. So have you guys got any particular memories that stand out of, uh, of particularly douchey sloths? Oh, I have one. It was really funny. I was in training an intern, as always. Like, you're teaching them how to hold the sloth, what, what to do, what not to do. Mm-hmm. So we were handling, like, a, a female that we were doing a health check to check if she was pregnant. And the first thing I told her, oh, don't worry about the about the head. They usually don't bite. And the moment we take out this slot to examine her, it was actively trying to bite her. And oh, the intern was like, you just said they don't bite. <laughs> yeah. And why would you lie to so me? so aggressive. Yeah. Like, why did you say that? Do you want me to get bitten? I'm like, no, they usually <laughs> don't bite, I swear. And again, she was growling all the time. And you know three finger slots are pretty slow so yeah. she, she will just go slowly into her hand with the mouth open and she's like is she trying to bite me again I'm like yes <laughs> yeah. yeah it is oh my god <laughs> that's amazing and actually that's a good question because I, I don't know the answer to this um three finger slots are their bites as powerful as, as two fingered or not so much it's completely different their mm-hmm. their dental distribution is different to two fingers the two fingers are um Andres is going to say, uh, they have huge fangs. And uh, the tree finger, they're more for, for destroying the, the leaves. Yeah. So even though it will not have a puncture wound, the injury, it, it hurts. It's basically maybe like a cow biting a human ah, and yeah. breaking okay. the skin. Yeah. Okay. So not quite, yeah, not quite as powerful, but still packs a punch. Yeah, that makes it sense. It makes you bleed. Makes you bleed. <laughs> Andreas, what are uh, what some of your best memories, your most uh, douchey sloths? Oh, dude, uh, two-tooth sauce are douchebags. And so, <laughs> I mean, I can tell you about aggressive sauce and I can tell you about sauce that are escape artists. The thing with like, a lot of people don't don't get that sauce are really, really smart animals hmm. and they are extraordinarily individualistic. They yeah. only care about themselves <laughs> and that's it. And fuck the entire world around them. It's just me, me, me. Including their babies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> including their babies. <laughs> yeah. And so we had a baby and his name was Kronos and he was probably the best baby to ever exist. And he would like crawl, like he would, you know, we would put him with the rest of the babies that we're racing for release Mm because often they need companionship when they're young, but no, he would just escape and crawl into the leaf bags. So he would know that we had leaf bags. He would find the leaf bags. He would crawl into the leaf bags. He would go into the bottom part of the leaf bag and eat only the freshest leaves so that Every other baby sloth that we had to feed that week would get the worst leaves. Oh my and god! He only the best leaves. So, as you might imagine, he grew up quick. Oh my <laughs> god, that is genius! It's like I am. I'm going to get the best resources here. I've been smart enough to figure out that there's a bag over there. So fuck everybody else. I'm going to grab the best resources for me. I love that. I don't actually think that that's a common thing, right? That people think that sloths in general are intelligent, right? They've got this like chill dopey demeanor as portrayed by the media right so it's it's so interesting to hear stories of them being like i'm smarter than you think 
So we've got an yeah. escape artist slot. You know, I mean, is have you got one specific story? Like, you know, there's got to be so many of, of a two-toed slot being a particularly aggressive or particularly... I remember, like, a few. But one of the ones that all is uh, actually <laughs> quite interesting. Them. <laughs> all of them. Uh, one of them is really particularly interesting. So his name was Gerald. Gerald Rivia. Mm. Oh, and uh, he was a massive slot. He was one of the biggest slots I've ever worked with. Okay. And we, um, he was electrocuted, so we had to amputate one of his arms. Right. And um, we, we had to handle him almost every day. And he would like, he would be, he would go for blood every time you would see, like you would get close and he would be like, start growling. You would put your hand inside and he would like try to swipe with you and like try to get you. Yeah. But we realized that the best method that we had for, to handle him, to be able to get him out was for him to bite something. Oh, and, okay. um, and so we figured out, you know, we're going to give him something to bite. Maybe yeah. not an intern, but, um, <laughs> you know. I love that so that was considered him, though. You considered an intern. You're like, eh, probably not. It was right? on the list, you know? <laughs> and so we just found this like frog toy. Oh, good. And we just like put him inside and he would like bite it. But what's really, really, really funny about him is that he would only bite it in the butt. Only in the butt. <laughs> he would turn it around, like maneuver it so that he would bite it and jump right 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 up in the ass i've got to think like how? how how did it know did it just think that you know the butt is the most sensitive part of the frog like uh, i just want to know what's going on in its head That's i think he just no liked word. the feeling oh okay. yeah he, he just loved it he just loved butts <laughs> he was a butt guy um I don't and he just like chomp on it chomp 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 but fan going in and out in and out in and out and i was like jesus <laughs> And you would get him out and he would be like eating the frog's ass while we were like changing him out. It was insane. Oh my God. That's, that's amazing. I remember him. Is, yeah. he, is he happily released out into the wild though? Biting? Yeah, he's gone. Probably, <laughs> hopefully not eating frog butt anymore. <laughs> Um, but you can never be sure. You can never be sure he's not doing that. You can never be sure. <laughs> That's amazing. So actually, okay, we'll switch gears a little bit here because I feel like we've been, not little mean, we've been a bit honest about, you know, the douchiness of the slots. I mean, what are your guys' favorite things about slots? For me, it would be on the trip fingers, just how they look like they're not real. Yeah. I'm al- always 100% sure there's someone hiding in the bushes controlling the slot and the slot is just an animatronic. Because yeah. they, well, Andres says they're smart, but in my opinion, they're not that smart. They make the weirdest decisions and they look at you directly into the eye while they're doing it. Yeah. Like, I, I said two-toed sauce. I didn't say three-toed sauce was smart. <laughs> three-toed, three they like to do the things differently. Like, if you're putting them on a tree, they're like, no, I don't like this tree. And they looked at you while they come down and then go into a different tree. It's still looking at you and then, you know, they have 270 degrees movement of, of the of the head and they're yeah. still looking at you by giving you the bag and still looking and going into a completely different tree i just love how they just don't like what you do yeah they all never like what you do i really enjoy that angry they're, they're judgy yes yeah, so judgy. Judgy. judgy i love that because yeah i would never have i would never imagine but yeah i love the idea of it just being like death staring you as it's doing something else <laughs> oh my god so you like the the judginess of the of the three-fingered sloth andreas what do we got what's the best thing in your opinion about the the two-fingered sloth well i think like the fact that they're completely different from anything else right a sloth yeah. is an extremely unique animal and it's so different from literally everything else and it's so hard 
for humans to put ourselves into like the shoes of the sloth is so hard to understand their motivations. It's so hard to understand uh, what's going on in the, their brains because uh, they live and perceive the world in such a way that's so different yeah. from any other mammal. And they live a life that's so different from any other mammal. And live I feel like, down. yeah, exactly. They're unique. Yes. And that's what I like about them. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. I mean, they, they really, really are this, this, yeah, animatronic puppet that just lives in its own crazy. Pu- they are an alien. They're like an alien yeah. animatronic puppet. That's absolutely amazing. So this is bit. Oh, I'm so excited for the next couple of segments on this, where we're going to really, really dive into soft behavior. This is a fantastic time, I think, to take a break. What we'll do when we come back, I'm going to ask you guys to rate both the three-fingered and the two-fingered sloth on how much of an arsehole they are. Are you guys ready? Ready. <laughs> amazing. Cool. We'll be right back. Wonderful. We are back with my amazing guests, Anna and Andreas, today, who are talking about three-fingered and two-fingered slots, respectively. And now we're going on to a segment that I like to call the asshole rating segment, which, you know, sounds bad, guys, but it, but it is what it is. We are we are rating these assholes. So, guys, um, maybe, yeah, we'll start with Anna, we'll go on to Andreas. So, how much of an asshole do you think are wild slots to humans out of five? I would say three-fingers are four. A four. That's interesting. They don't like this. They're they're judgy. They look angry at you all the time. They grow and they definitely they get so annoyed when you're trying to do health checks on them. Yeah. They don't look like they're not fast enough and they don't look like they're gonna hurt you, but they will. They will yeah. try their slow best to hurt you. Yeah, that's uh that's completely fair. Has have you ever managed to sustain an injury like from a, a three fingered sloth? Yeah, no, I'm not gonna wood. I haven't, but yeah. I know people they have. So there's a four out of five for three-fingered. Andreas, what are you saying? Two-fingered. Same five, just straight up. <laughs> hey. You are not holding back today. I love it. No, <laughs> I, I work with them. I yeah, know yeah. them. Wild songs don't like you. They yeah. don't. They yeah. do not like you. They don't like anybody. They don't yeah. like each other. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they don't like anything. They'll probably look in the mirror and be like, I hate you. Um, I'm sorry. uh, Do sloths like recognize, you know, the mirror test that they don't recognize if you tried it? I have. Yeah, really. And they're just like, they just go for it. They're like, "Ah." go for the swipe. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't realize that. Like, do they actually recognize themselves? No, that's totally fair. You're saying five out of five, five out of five. That's insane. They're, they're they don't like you, and like mm. the difference between the fundamental difference between a two-toed sloth and three-toed sloth is that it has knives attached to its mouth, mm-hmm. and it can move fast. Yeah. So if it wants to do something to you, it will do something to you. And if you touch it, and it doesn't like being touched, it's gonna stab you with its knife teeth. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's face knife. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, actually, I think it's important to bring up the point of uh, the bite of a of a two fingered sloth, right? Because I I don't think unless you're in the zoo world or the animal world, I don't think you realize the severity of the bite. And I kind of would like to draw people's attention to that. But also the bacteria in their mouth is pretty bad, right? Right. Yeah. So like how how bad is it if you get really bitten by a by a two fingered sloth? So it's it's actually really bad. The teeth of a sloth, the fangs of a sloth. They're very interesting uh, structures and they're kind of like more like pegs than anything else, but they're pegs that grow 
forever. And because they have uh, fangs on their upper mouth and on their lower jaw as well, they constantly grind each other down. Huh. And so they're constantly kept sharp. And right. so a, a right. sloth's tooth is razor sharp. Yeah. And so it cuts through like skin, like knife through butter. Yeah. And of course, they also have bacteria in their mouth that can make like infections very, very, very likely. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, and I don't know how true this is because I'm only hearing, obviously, I spent my time in Costa Rica, which I absolutely love. But the um, in a zoo setting, I've heard someone getting bitten by a sloth and them having almost sort of like a it was like a, a flesh eating bacteria. You know, the bite would never heal properly or mess somebody up for for life or for a long time. So we don't know exactly if there's anything specific, but we do know that uh, sloths have tons and tons and tons of bacteria. Um, it's a combination of both things, really. So a sloth wounds can be really, really deep. Like I said before, it's like knife through butter. And so yeah. that can really, really reach the bone if it bites you on the finger yeah. extremely easily. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, bacteria from their mouth going into your deep injury, yeah. not a good combo. Uh, there's a technique to getting bitten by a sloth, really. You have to let the sloth bite you, and okay. then when it gets bored, then you put your finger out. Because oh. if you pull it, then teeth, the teeth are so sharp that it, they will cut all the way through. Oh my god. So, That's yeah, crazy. So you I just have to wait? You literally just have to just sit and just wait until it gets bored? If they feel like you're fighting, they will start grinding. Oh god. And that will make the wound way worse. Oh my yeah. god, I didn't realize that, that there's a technique for like, if you get bit, this is what you have to do. That's insane. Yeah, no, we had a, a girl once, she got bit by a sloth, and she got bit on her finger, and she pulled her finger, and the tooth had gone all the way to her bone over on her, on her finger, and then it pulled through, and it snapped almost all the skin all the way up to basically the, fin the end part of her finger. Oh my god, so that, I mean, that's irreparable nerve damage, right? You know, that's, oh Yeah, she lost sensitivity in parts of her finger. And obviously she had to go to get stitches and everything and yeah. like get antibiotic shots, get antibiotic cream, pour straight iodine in it, like raised earth techniques to just kill everything that ever has ever lived in the surface of that finger to just oh get God. it. So and sloths, they can't transmit rabies or they can? They can't. Yes. Is it because of their body temperature? Did I read that Correct. right? Yeah, so they, yeah. they can give you a load of other things, but they can't, their body temperature is too low, like a couple of degrees too low, that they can't transmit rabies, but they can Correct. transmit a load of other nasty yeah. shit that we, that you don't want. That's insane. I hope she's all right. That's, that's a crazy yes. story. Oh my God. Yeah. She always, I know her. Yeah. She's always like the pinky up all the time. Oh no. She has no movement on that, on that finger. Oh my God. That is crazy. Just from one sloth bite. Oh my God. I guess that your first reaction though is to to pull away though right when you get bit yeah. sometimes so that's that you know to train yourself to be like nope i just gotta sit and just endure the pain until until the sloth mm -hmm. just decides to have mercy and, <laughs> get and there you go exactly and if you work if you work with a two-fingered sloth it's not about whether you're gonna get injured at some point is when you're gonna get injured yeah yeah that's <laughs> it so oh my god True. that's crazy Oh my God. So we're going four for a three-fingered and five for a, a two-fingered in terms of how much of an arsehole they are to, to humans. Um, what do you guys think about how much of an arsehole out of five they are to each other? Oh, I would say, honestly, I would say five. Yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, I, walk me through that. I mean, well, basically, mainly the, the males. The males don't like other males. So it doesn't matter if the other male is missing an arm or is just 
passing through, they will find him, they will lock into a fight, and they will go into an amazing fight because, I mean, that's the only time I see three fingers actually move fast. And they make oh. a lot of noise and they cry and they bite each other and they try to take each other out of the tree. It's fun, to be yeah. fair. It's really fun. That's Yeah, it sounds like wrestling almost in a sense. Like you're putting it's a wrestling bet on... on... Yeah, it's wrestling on the, on the, on the branches and they, they get very, very uh, vocal when they're fighting. So you know someone is losing because they're like... <laughs> and the other one just keeps going after them, attacking them. We do have this male... Has he has no arm, and we've been tracking him for a while because he has no arm. Mm-hmm. He's an asshole. Oh, really? He will, he will attack other animals. He attacked a female once. He stole her baby. What? So yeah, he is insane. Oh my god! I'm like this is blowing my mind. Like you know, with a three fingered sloth being as <laughs> douchey as that. That's insane. what did he do with the baby? We have to like capture him and take the baby away from him because what the fuck was he doing with a baby? Yeah, exactly. So he, oh, so he took it and he just had it on him rather than trying to destroy it. Like yeah, he was like, okay, you're not as big as I thought, so I guess you're here now. My God, that's so weird. For a few days, just casual kidnapping. That's, that's so funny. What <laughs> yeah. the hell? So we're going five out of five for uh, for three fingered for assholery to to each other. What do you think, Andreas? What are we saying? Hey. I'm not gonna back down. It's also five out of five. <laughs> oh my god! You know this is so funny. On previous podcast episodes, I've said like I cannot wait for the day that somebody gives an animal fives out of five, and I feel like today might be the day. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought like someone coming on talking about chimps would be like five. Oh yeah, five. like for everything, like chimps are just next level. But uh, I'm I'm surprised, at, shocked and delighted in a way that someone might come on today. I mean, obviously we got one question left, you know, to see how much of an asshole they are to other species. But I don't know, Andreas, I'm I'm you know I'm sensing you might say a five on this, and it's <laughs> it's making me really happy. So walk walk me through the the five. I mean, it's very easy to say a five because <laughs> they're solitary animals and they're extremely territorial, mm-hmm. and so they don't like each other. They don't. They yeah. like. The only moment in time when you'll see two toad sloths, uh, two two toad sloths together, is if a mother has a baby, and they often just abandon them because there's something wrong with them, and they'll just let it go and throw yeah. it to the ground and let it die, basically. Or if they're trying to reproduce, and in the case yeah. where they're trying to reproduce, they'll just come in, you know, sneak a quick little one, and then yeah. girl sloth's gonna be like, "Hey, you leave now!" On their threat of death. Oh, really? Um, on the threat of yeah. death? Like, if you don't, yes. it's like a booty call and it's the morning time and it's time to kick them out and it's like a gun to your head if you don't leave right now. <laughs> like, yeah, I, it's the I'm pulling the trigger. It's the world's most extreme, um, you know, walk of shame. That's exactly it. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and have you guys, have you observed this, you know, in, in the wild where females, the male has taken too long and the female has been like, okay, that's it. Time to mess yeah. you up. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. That's insane. I had no idea that they had so little tolerance for each other. I yeah. mean, you know, you know so, that they're solitary, but that's that's crazy. Even tree fingers, even tree fingers, same. When they're tired of the male being around, they just start kicking them out. Wow. Yeah. On on um on pain of death, they they literally are just gonna like fight them to yeah until they leave. That's crazy. Oh They'll God. fight them and try to bite them on their hands and uh, on their feet to try to drop them off of the tree. Oh, okay. And if they fall and they survive, well, that's great for that sloth. But if they fall and they didn't, 
shrug <laughs> well, <laughs> you know. oh well womp womp <laughs> um, okay but yeah other than that um two-toed sauce like when they have twins they'll just reject one of the twins and then keep one of the other ones so that's pretty Sting. that's a pretty how, pretty big move i think how, yeah i mean that's true how how common is that like twins in sloth births not common not very not very yeah. at all i, I think say, i've it's seen very... it in, like, ones yeah it's very rare but it's the same behavior that the three fingers have although in panama there's one slot that have, we have been tracking that has twins and she surprisingly has been raising them both oh wow which is super rare but usually it's the same oh i have two babies oh it's one baby too much so they yeah. just drop one i wonder how they choose which which one to just boot out like they can tell that one of them is a little bit weaker than the other one and so they're just like this one's gotta go that's crazy. It's mostly that they like that they start falling, and if they start falling, the mother's mm-hmm. just like, oh. "Oh, you can hold, can go on, bye." Yeah, bye. <laughs> Even babies are assholes to each other. We have had two, two fingered babies where the the bigger one attacks the smaller one and drops him. Oh, and mommy's like, "Okay, I guess my kids are killing each other." <laughs> oh well, I'll just let this one sort itself out. <laughs> What the hell? That's crazy. Even the babies like grow up with violence in their hearts. That's insane. Oh yeah. And in the sauce <laughs> that we're raising for for release, like like I said with Kronos, they really are me, 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 me. Yeah. And so they compete for resources and they'll go for the, you know, they'll develop strategies to try to reach their resources, the better the best resources first. Yeah. And so um they're often small competitions within sauce that are being raised to be released just to get to the best resources yeah, um, and to get in that way. It's funny how a lot of asshole behavior is just to survive though, you know, yeah. right? Like what, what we deem as like, that's a bit of a dick move. It's actually just how animals survive in this crazy old world. But, you know, it's, it's, um, this is why I love, I love talking to a range of people on this podcast is to look at behavior that we as humans deem unacceptable or, or douchey in our society, because I mean, we have ample resources, you know, that we have options and animals, are, their options are so limited sometimes that they have to resort to to undesirable by our standards behavior. It's funny how asshole behavior just gets you to the top. So maybe it's the same with like politicians, you know, in, in our world, mm. right? Like asshole behavior gets you to the top sometimes and, and that's it, gets you the most resources. I think like uh, we humans are social animals, yeah. right? And so everything that's deemed to be for the benefit of the few instead of the many in our society is just considered kind of a dick move yeah because um, you're expected to be that altruistic and healthy society and help your group etc and so we're when we're dealing with an animal that is extremely solitary and extremely territorial and very mind very individualistically minded we can't help ourselves but be like that you're kind of a dick dude <laughs> like yeah. you could share uh <laughs> yeah, yeah guys you could share no that's such a good point yeah we, we we are we're so used to judging things by our standards of being group animals you're totally right that's such a that's a really interesting point that we we can't put our like solitary animal goggles on and see it from their perspective we're just we're very quick aren't we to label something as a douche but you know that's the the fun part of this podcast though is just to, <laughs> to talk about that and to tell stories and to uh to enjoy and you know indulge in our ability to point the finger and be like <laughs> douche <laughs> you're an arsehole so we've got uh we've got well we've got two fives we got five for the three-fingered and five for the two-fingered so uh this brings me to my my final question of this round which is how much of an arsehole out of five are wild sloths to other species around them well this is the saving grace for the three fingers they don't care so it's a zero yeah they just see another um they see monkey they see whatever is there and they're like mm. 
they will go through like if they're trying to climb a tree and there's a potu living on the tree they will just climb over the potu ignoring the existence of the potu and just continue off so they just don't Mm. care enough about any other species besides themselves yeah you know they're in their lane they're they're thriving they're flourishing they they don't need you know anybody else's business that's totally fair i love that so it's a a zero out of five zero i love that okay brilliant andreas what do we got and here you were so hopeful about fives all across the board. No, uh, don't do it. Oh, don't, say it. don't say it to me. Andreas. <laughs> it's a zero. It's, it's a, a zero. zero. That's fair. <laughs> the, the triple five has, you know, yet to be obtained today. That's totally fair. Maybe maybe it's just chimps that will solve that for me. That's fine. It's the white whale. It's, it's the white whale. whale. Yeah, exactly. It's it's whale. <laughs> I was like, white whales are douchebags? <laughs> oh, no. I see. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing a zero. So, yeah, walk me through that. Yeah, well, actually... Uh, Sloths really don't care about anything that's not each other unless mm-hmm. they're actively interfering with them. Yeah. So like they won't care. Like they can live in a place where there's like an ocelot nearby, which may eat their kids if they just if the ocelot doesn't approach them. But if it mm-hmm. approaches them and starts attacking them, then they'll defend themselves. Yeah, that's but nice. if they can just like do their own thing, you know eat their own eat leaves and like chill and fuck other slots business up then yeah. they're chill they're fine they're good with that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean they having even cases where you're when i'm doing observations and you find two finger slots and three finger slots on the same tree but because they're not the same species they just look at each other and like i don't care enough about you ah that's interesting yeah so actually that's a really good point because I, I wouldn't have thought to discuss the relationship between each other but they don't they don't care about each other like particularly oh, they don't care only as babies but mostly out of curiosity yeah oh well it's also because the two fingers are more of assholes so there's a three finger trying to eat and then the two fingers comes and just throw the, two, the baby down and they just start eating so we need to separate them else they cannot be together when they're babies because the babies. other ones are yeah the other ones are way more mean oh my god they're like the bullies of the playground <laughs> Oh yeah, I love that. That's so silly. Even as teeny babies, they're like, smack, get down from the leaves. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. So, yeah. all right, I'm going to do some quick math here for the, because I'm having to do two calculations. I'm terrible at math. I have no math skills. So, let me calculate. We've got a four and a five. Okay. So, we've got a, we've got a nine out of 15 for the three fingered, and we've got a 10 out of 15 for the two fingered. So, you guys, you guys think those are fair? Yeah. It's fair. Yeah, <laughs> I love that the elusive 15 out of 15 you know gets away from me this time but that, that's okay I forgive you guys it's all good I think I would be surprised if it was a, a, a full 15 but uh, these are these are great scores okay guys so I think this is a good place to stop or take a break uh, when we come back from the break uh, this is actually my favorite segment of the podcast this is the true or false segment I'm going to see how much you guys know about sloth adjacent facts today going to be super fun are you guys ready ready bring it on okay excellent we'll be right back this episode of asshole animals with alice is brought to you by team building with bite team building with bite are a small organization of superbly handy individuals that bring corporations closer to the wild by organizing unique team builds at the zoo Their goal is to improve animal welfare by adding bespoke enhancements to enclosures all over the world. And the demand for their amazing work takes them across the UK and beyond to build and create life-changing items and furniture for a range of species. 
but they need your help. In 2022, Team Building with Byte were able to improve 12 different enclosures through their Patreon, adding as much as they could with whatever resources they could find. They want to make 2023 an even better year with your support by donating to their Patreon. For just £10 a month, you can vote which enclosures get a makeover by their team and give zoo animals the incredible gift of improving their habitat. You'll even get a VIP tour to see where your support goes and exclusive videos of the animals' reactions so you can go to sleep knowing that you've made a positive change in the world. If you're interested in supporting this amazing cause, their Patreon can be found at patreon.com slash teambuildingwithbite. That's patreon.com slash teambuildingwithbite, B-I-T-E. Also, if you're interested in an exceptional and unforgettable team building experience for your team, you can visit their website at teambuildingwithbite.com to learn more about this fantastic organisation and see all of their glowing reviews. I don't advertise anything on this podcast that I don't fully endorse, and Team Building with Bite are doing incredible things for the welfare of zoo animals across the world. So whether you're a zookeeper or animal enthusiast, head over to their Patreon today to see how you could help. Don't forget, if you'd like me to give a shout-out to your product or organisation, you can always email me at arseholeanimalswithalice at hotmail.com. It's as simple as that. Now, back to the show. We are back now with my fantastic guests all the way from Costa Rica today, Anna and Andreas, where I'm going to be asking them sloth adjacent true or false questions to see how much they know about general knowledge. So I'm super excited for this round. Are you guys ready? Ready. Ready. Bring it on. Okay, guys. Question number one. Slaykoth is a Pokemon based on a sloth. That Pokemon is 20 years old. Is that true or false? Wait, wait, wait. The first part of the statement is true, but yeah. let me see. I yeah. agree with that. Yes, the first part is true. Yeah, but that Pokemon is 20 years, years old. old. True or false? I don't think so. Uh, it should be, yeah. It should be. <laughs> it should be. Oh my, but it, it's like new generation. Oh my God. Yeah, there you go. Oh, no, I included wait, a Pokemon question just for you guys. Yeah. I it was 10 when it came out. No, it, it can't be 20. It what can't be think? 20 years old. I will say false because it cannot be. I, I'm going to say false just because it cannot be 20 years old. Okay, what are you saying, Andreas? Yeah, I'm going to say false because I, I hope it's not 20. If, if it is 20, that's going to be a blow. Oh, prepare to, uh, to eat shit, guys. It's true. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so Slaykoth was a Pokemon introduced in Gen 3 in Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald. That was released in 2003. So Slaykoth turned 20 in March this year. So just gone. Turned 20 years old. There oh, you go. wow. Time to feel. Oh my old. god, yes. this is the realization that I'm old. Yeah, I loved Ruby and Sapphire actually. That was a. Re- I mean, my favorite is always Gold and Silver Gen Two, but I have a lot of love for Ruby and Sapphire. I thought those were really good games. Yeah, Emerald was my first game. I think was so. it. Oh, that's like so it. cute. Yeah. Really, mine yeah. was yellow. Right. Oh yeah, I had I had blue. My sister had red. My sister now you know works for Pokemon. It feels like a kind of linking into the family in a sense by talking about Pokemon, but. <laughs> Yeah, the, I mean, Ruby and Sapphire, Emerald were great games, I, as was Yellow. I mean, I, I've got no complaints, really. They're all they're all amazing games. But yes, Slaykoff is 20 years old, just turned 20 years old, which is mind-blowing. Absolutely. Wow. So, okay, next question. Question number two. 
sloths can hold their breath underwater for longer than dolphins. Is that true or false? Mm. I believe it is true because sloths can be reversed from, here's my nerd part. Uh, sloths can be reversed from uh, um, having stopped breathing 30 yes. minutes after mm -hmm. they've stopped breathing. Wow, that's that's crazy. That is true. Wow. But that only only happens under anesthesia and they can hold their breaths like naturally for four minutes. So, mm -hmm. so what do you I guys don't know. Think? I don't know how long dolphins that's that's my issue that's, that's my the, problem because i don't question. know about dolphins yeah there you go <laughs> I don't know. it's so I mean, funny it's... when you, when you're an animal person and people expect you to know every single fact about every single animal they're like why don't you know like how long dolphins can hold their breath for and you're like there are so many fucking animals in your world. <laughs> you want me to know every single fact about every single animal like people ask me about cats and dogs stuff like they're like oh what food should i get my cat and i'm like i'm not a vet like <laughs> you know what i mean like i, I work with like exotic animals. Oh, I, I don't know what you should feed your cat like <laughs> you know so yeah i suppose that's the question how long can dolphins hold their breath underwater for hmm what do you guys i'm just gonna say i'm just gonna say true just because okay. i want to I, I'll go with false then, because I yeah I I go I I want to believe that dolphins are more adapted to surviving underwater than sloths. <laughs> I mean, okay. call me Mulder, but I want to believe that a sloth would... can, <laughs> can live underwater. Excellent yeah. X Files reference. I love it. Uh, so that is actually true. So sloths can hold their breath underwater for for longer than dolphins. So I mean, again. If you guys want to correct these facts, these are facts that I found online. Yeah. Um, doing a bit of research, trying to find more than one source for things. But it, things that I've read is that sloths can hold their breath for 40 minutes underwater and dolphins are up to 20, which is crazy, right? Like you think dolphins can hold their breath for longer underwater than a sloth? I like, would say, I would say lame. Obviously, sloths are better. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You've heard it here first. <laughs> sloths are better than dolphins. <laughs> I think that's uh i think that's totally fair but yeah that's that's insane isn't it like you'd think dolphins it's can hold insane. their breath way longer but i just think this idea of like sloths have, have just evolved past the point of consuming oxygen at this point i think it's just <laughs> they're over it they're too, they're too good for oxygen whatever yeah <laughs> let's just send them to space yeah exactly yeah. that's it or, or astronauts yeah, exactly <laughs> oh man that's amazing okay guys question number three so again, this is a, a two-parter of a question with a, a, a true statement and then a question after that. So, sloths can fall 100 feet and not be gravely injured. Jackie Chan has fallen 113 feet and not been gravely injured. Is that true or false? What do you guys well, think? the soft part is true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, I was going to say that that is true. I have seen that happen. So, yes. Yes. Um, what do you think? Jackie Chan. Jackie has Chan. He, has he fallen more than a sloth has fallen and survived? I mean, I believe that. I believe that too, because I remember one time they were saying that he almost died because of falling. So I think he survived. So yeah, he's alive. As far as I'm aware, he's alive today. Yeah. Define <laughs> gravely injured, I guess, is the question. Here. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what do we say? We think it's true or false that uh, the Jackie Chan has fallen 113 feet and not been gravely injured. What do you guys think? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say true. Okay, I'm gonna say yes. true too, guys. That's false. That's false. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we believe too much in Jackie Chan. I know. You know, yeah. it's totally believable, which is why I was like, <laughs> everybody thinks that Jackie Chan's invincible. No, apparently not. So, <laughs> according to science, 100 feet and above is seen as a non-survivable injury 
for humans. But there is an exception to that rule. The Guinness World Record for the most amount of distance fallen from the sky without a parachute and the person has survived is um, actually 33,000 feet. So in, yeah, I know, isn't this insane? So in 1972, apparently a Serbian flight attendant fell out of a plane that was that was crashing and she survived a fall of 33,000 feet without a parachute. And she like, she got up and walked away. And this, yeah, this is insane. So apparently she was, I think, still in her chair and it landed in the snow at just like the right angle. And uh, the fact that her low blood pressure, when the um, plane was breaking apart, her low blood pressure meant that she passed out really quickly. So her heart didn't explode from the, the depressurization of the uh, going from so quickly falling down. So she just passed. Thank God she passed out. Could you imagine falling 33,000 feet and being awake for all of that? I would be like, this yeah. is insane. Holy so, shit. Yeah, yeah. She, she felt that's the exception to the to the rule was like this one flight attendant in 1972 fell 33,000 feet. Absolutely insane. Nice experience. Yeah, that's an that's experience. Totally indeed. Experience, yeah. yeah. Just, oh, oh my god. Yeah. And then fall back in and you're like sitting in a chair in the snow, like, like huh, that's weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> how did I get here? Exactly. What the hell? And yeah, I, I can't imagine how much of a crazy traumatic experience that is. But <laughs> yes. like, that's insane. Just like waking up in a seat in the snow. Like, oh my God. Yeah, crazy. So Jackie Chan hasn't fallen 113 feet and survived. Like, even though we believe that he could because he's Jackie Chan, he's, you know, hasn't fallen that far. But yes, also slots can fall 100 feet. And I feel like you guys have witnessed this, right? Where they fall completely out of the tree and you're like, holy crap. And then they're actually just completely fine. They look a bit embarrassed yeah. and they just climb back up the tree, which I think mm. is an amazing fact about sloths. Only the pride gets injured. Yeah, that's exactly right. They're like, oh God, I hope no one saw. And they just start climbing back up the tree. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that one, that one is false. Wonderful. Okay, question number four. Sloths go to the bathroom once a week. The record for the longest time a human has gone without a poo is 25 days. Is that true or false? Okay, you know what? <laughs> I've, 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 I've heard about this, okay? I've what? heard about Yeah, I've heard about, like, people holding for very long amounts of time. Okay. But I thought it was something like 18 days or, like, uh -huh. 13 days. So I'm going to say false. Okay. What do you what do you say? I will go to false because I'm I I like to think that we will be dead by then. Yeah, I feel like that would be toxic. You would be like Yeah, peritonitis and septicemia. You probably yeah. survive after that, but then you will die in the hospital. Oh my god. So actually you guys are right, it's More false. Days. Yeah, that it is false. The record for the longest time going without a poo is actually longer than twenty-five days. Yeah, I know. So Again, this is I mean, we are just blowing everybody's minds today. So a woman, wow. in, yeah, in a woman in India didn't go to the bathroom for forty-five days. Apparently, she had to have a football-sized mass removed after not pooping for forty-five days. So that's that's a bit of a useless trivia for you today, but that's that's absolutely wild. Football. She died. I think she survived. I think she, yeah, she what? survived. Yeah, yeah. That's that's but it's insane. I don't know what would cause you not to go to the bathroom for 45 days. That's wild. That's her baby. That's her baby. That's just a new baby. That's <laughs> sorry. That's, you, you just, that's a gestation. You gestated a baby. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh my God, no. Yeah, I mean, would you do you think she kept it? No, there's no way. Do you think oh. she like, <laughs> kept it? I hope not. I mean, 
maybe maybe she did and she's charging money for it yeah exactly like you you hold the record for the longest time without going for a poo and the doctors have taken it out you're like that's my meal ticket i'll take that thank you i'll charge people to see this this football-sized load of poo been in me for 45 days yeah i mean that's what would go through my head at least but Mm -hmm. that's insane so yeah 45 days is the is the record Okay, guys, one more question and the true or false round. I actually haven't really been keeping track of how well you guys are doing. Normally, I try and give a score, but I think it's confusing me with two guests today. It's like there's, there's too much there's too much going on. So um, so we'll just see. <laughs> we'll just see how this last one goes. Okay, guys, question number six. There are more sloth moths on average in a sloth's fur than there are ninjas left in the world. Is that true or false? How many ninjas yeah. do you think are left in the world today? And are there more sloth moths on average in a one sloth's fur? I think on average, what, what do we see on average of sloth moths on a sloth fur? Like I see like three. Interesting. I, th- yeah. That's the thing. It completely depends on the environment. I have seen sloths that have over 20 moths and I have seen sloths that have one or two or don't have moths at all. Interesting. So, um, that's, so that, that's a the, very tricky question. The the number that I got online, and and again, this is why it's good to talk to experts and not re- believe everything that you read online. Is um the average sloth moths are about 150 on one sloth, but you guys are looking kind of like what? Yeah, I've never <laughs> yeah. seen 150 moths in a single sloth. That's I've never seen. I mean, I work with sloths in high altitude, so mm-hmm. I often see maybe one or two. Interesting. So I need to, you know, send some emails to some uh, to some web pages <laughs> and be like, actually, check your facts. Yeah. I've seen a slot that has way too many, and we took videos because it was really impressive. Yeah. But even in low altitudes where I work with the slot, yeah, the average number will be for 20, 40, kind of around there. A hundred mm. will be a very overly populated slot. Okay, that's really interesting. And I just realized, you know, for the non-animal people out there that are like, what, sloth moths? Like, do you guys want to have, just have like a quick explanation of, of what they are and what, I mean, what you guys know? I know maybe we don't know everything about sloth moths and, and why and how, but do you guys, whoever wants to have a chat about, about what they are? Yeah, I mean, they are basically <laughs> just a moth species that lays their eggs in sloth feces. Mm-hmm. And so uh, since sloths often go to the same spot to do a poo mm-hmm. they will come back like a week later and then the baby moth the baby moths will basically would have become adult moths at that point and will just climb inside of a, a sloth's fur but we don't really know their purpose there's a lot yeah. of like things online about how it's a mutualistic relationship and mm-hmm. cool things like that but in reality we have absolutely no idea and it's likely that they don't contribute anything to the sloth that they're just kind of like there <laughs> Really? That's so interesting because, you know, that, you know, I've always sort of understood it, not fully, but like been like, oh, there must be some sort of agreement between the sloths and the moths that someone is doing something for someone and everything like that. That is a mutualistic agreement. But you're saying that it's like it might not be. It yeah. might not be so. That's so mm-hmm. I mean, sloths don't really need the moths to survive, but the moths do need the sloths to survive. Sure. So, I mean, there's an article about sloths being basically a mobile environment. And mm-hmm. that's the relationship they have because it hasn't been proven that slots somehow need the need the mods. Huh. But I think the mods only live on the slots. So 
Yeah. It's more than that the than the mods got specialized to survive inside of the hair of the of the sloths. That's interesting. Yeah. But that's so that's really cool that yeah, the sloths don't seem to need the moths as much as we thought that they did. That's that's such a fascinating like question mark in nature, right? Like what then mm-hmm. why? Like what is the what is the deal with this then? Why are the sloths so chill with these moths just hanging out? I don't know. I'd be annoyed if if I could feel a bug on me always. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they, they, get, they get annoyed. They get annoyed on yeah. really hot days. You see the moths moving into the mouth and the eyes because they need water, and they're like, yeah. oh, oh my god. So they yeah. they yeah. do get annoyed, but they they still they still there. Do you think that's why yeah. maybe sloths are so aggy sometimes? So you're so angry is because they yeah, got sloth- be. they're like get these fucking moths off me. <laughs> I'm so annoyed. Sloths don't clean themselves up much, but they certainly do scratch themselves. And you'll see the moths flying around and they're scratching themselves. They're like, and then the moths are like, that's so funny. So they actually might be a bit of a a nuisance. (laughs) They could be. Yeah. That's wild. I mean, at least three finger sloths can spend like one or two hours just grooming, just going over and just grooming on them. What? So that's crazy. So maybe they, they just don't like them at all. That's wild. Yeah, you read all of these articles being like, oh, we don't know what the meaning is, but it's believed to be that, you know, there's this lovely relationship between the sloths and the moths. And it's like, the sloths are actually like, get this shit off of me. <laughs> it's, it's the moths that are stealing everything from the sloth, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's yeah. crazy. No, and, and for humans are annoying because like when you're working with a sloth, yeah, especially if you just received the sloth, it's a critical condition and you're like trying to do a surgery or whatever. And you like put it in the ER and shit, and you're like trying to sew up something, and then the fucking monster just gets over on the injury, and you're like, "Can you oh please just god. no?" Oh my god! Like they go over and stand on their eye, and you're like, "No, can you just oh my god, just oh. get out!" Yeah, and then they fly on you, and they're walking around, and the moths are flying on you, like, "Oh, you're not a slot," and you're like, "Oh, come on, you just get out!" <laughs> come on, guys, that's so funny. I didn't even consider that they would be a pest to you trying to fix the sloths. That's so funny. Yes. So what do you guys think? So, I mean, the average obviously has been brought down from 150 to what? What would you guys say isn't the average? Moths on a sloth. What what would you guys say? At least here. I mean, I would would go with Anna's estimate and say something like 20. Yeah. So do you think that there are... Yeah. Do you think there are more or less ninjas in the world? Is Is it true that there are more sloth moths on average than there are ninjas left in the wild? What do you think? No, I mean, with the numbers that we come down, that I say that the average of moths is between twenty to forty. Mm-hmm. I say there's there's no way there are two little ninjas. I'd say it's false. So there's more ninjas than slugs. I see. I would say. Got it. Got it. What do you think, Andreas? Oh, I just, I just kind of want to, I just kind of want to think that there's like, a you know, a village hidden in the leaves or whatever somewhere. Yeah, so exactly. there's like, there's like <laughs> fifty five ninjas chilling. <laughs> straight um, there and i don't know I, I feel like yeah i feel like yeah i feel like everybody wants to be a ninja why like i'm gonna say it's it's, it's false or more yeah. ninjas yeah okay guys it's true there's there is actually this is gonna blow your mind there's one ninja left in the world what true, true ninja yeah his name is yeah. Jinichi kawakami and he runs a ninjutsu school in japan he is he had, apparently he took an oath with some ninja scrolls he's the last person on this planet to have taken this oath and he doesn't plan to name an heir like he want he's going to die the last ninja on the planet 
um he yeah he runs a little school to to teach people like the ninja ways but he they're they're not really technically official ninjas they are just students of a ninja so yeah there's one ninja left in the world yeah so there are there are more sloth moths on the average sloth than there are ninjas in the world because there's only one da, da, da. What a yeah. oh my god uh-huh yeah the guy is like yeah, I could continue this famous, you know, heritage of uh, ninja badassery, but chose not to. He's like, no, it dies with me. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I'm disappointed. Yeah, right? We're... Like letting, you know, the ninja art die in a modern world. There's one one ninja left. Well, <laughs> let's just let the humans become extinct. What's the point if we all have ninjas? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ninja decline. The second he dies will be the decline of the of the human race. Oh, humanity. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that brings us to the end. I'm going to say I, I haven't been keeping track of what you guys are doing. So I'll just say that you guys did really well. I'm going to give you a thumbs up. There you go. <laughs> no, wait, two. Mm-hmm. There we go. Because there's two guests today. <laughs> you guys get two thumbs up for doing really well and having uh, some interesting discussions about weird sloth related questions today. So thank you so much for putting up with my nonsense. I think after we come back from the break, uh, we're going to do what I like to call my shout outs and PSA section. That's an opportunity for you guys I'm basically going to turn a key in you guys and let you guys go on the topic of things that you want people to know about slots. So when we come back, we're going to be discussing issues facing slots in the wild. Okay, guys, stay with us. We'll be right back. In honor of having two guests on the podcast this week, I'll instead be talking about two amazing sloth organizations, the Sloth Institute and the Sloth Conservation Foundation who are both fighting the good fight to protect wild sloths. The Sloth Conservation Foundation have been integral in developing our understanding about this unique species through dedicated research projects and monitoring of wild sloth behaviour. They run the Sloth Crossing Project, which aims to provide a safe way for sloths to travel between fragmented habitats and their education team are dedicated to promoting responsible sloth tourism, which means encouraging tourists to say no to a sloth selfie when they're on vacation. Spoiler alert, sloths don't like being picked up for selfies. Meanwhile, the amazing animal team at the Sloth Institute are out there saving the lives of wild sloths injured by cars, dog attacks, and being electrocuted from accidentally using poorly insulated wires to travel from place to place. The team at the Sloth Institute work tirelessly to participate in sloth research and have helped us understand more about this mysterious, severely under-researched animal. There are a few different ways that you can help both of these amazing organisations. At the Sloth Conservation Foundation, you can symbolically adopt a sloth for as little as $25, with the money going into helping providing wildlife bridges for sloths to use instead of risking electrocution to travel in search of leaves. However, right now, the Sloth Institute is in dire need of your help. On February 22nd, government officials showed up to the Sloth Institute Hospital, armed, and removed 12 sloths recovering from their injuries in order to transfer them to a facility called Kids Saving the Rainforest, whose owners have several USDA violations, including sloth neglect. At least two of the 12 sloths moved have already died in their care. Government wildlife officials in Costa Rica, called SINAC, have unjustly removed these sloths from the most successful and knowledgeable sloth rehabilitation and release program, with no grounds to do so. 
by signing their petition at www.change.org slash save the sloths, you can help them raise enough awareness to press the Costa Rican government on this decision and help return these sloths to the experts. If you've loved what you've learned about sloths today, please consider contributing to these amazing organisations by checking out www.slothconservation.org for the Sloth Conservation Foundation and www.slothinstitute.org for the Sloth Institute and help them create a safer environment for the world's slowest mammal. Thank you. We are back with the hilarious and knowledgeable Anna and Andreas, all the way from Costa Rica, who are going to be talking about issues that we think uh, sloths are facing in the wild that people should know more about. Do you want to start, Anna? Sure. I mean, I could definitely do a whole talk about issues that sloths see in the wild. Like uh, fragmentation of the habitat is one of the biggest problems that brings in more problems like dog attack, human animal conflict, electrocutions, getting run by cars. But what I want to do a shout out actually is to the recent problem slots being too popular. Ooh. They are so freaking popular in Costa Rica that it's not even a problem of having them illegally kept in, in rescue centers or other places. It's the problem of places taking the slots out of the wild and putting it in what they will call the slot tours and bringing oh. people over there. And you will see like, I don't know, 10 slots in an area, which is completely unnatural. Well, you see these results, they don't have the right food, they disperse, and the moment they disperse back into their, their actual territories, that's when accidents happen. Right. And then we continue to have these perpetual cases of slots coming into our care because of that. And it's basically like the course of being cute. They have become yes. so popular and so cute, and so many people want pictures with slots. They want the slot selfie, or they want just a picture of a wild slot and say, oh, I found a wild slot. Yeah. And they're not that well. They're being trafficked illegally and yeah. it's become so popular and so difficult to control that is right now like a mafia. Oh my God. And, you know, would you say Costa Rica is the sort of the hub of slots, right? Like it's one of the, the biggest places that you can find also. So this is a particular problem in Costa Rica. Are they being trafficked out of Costa Rica? What, into like America or anything like that? No. Not yet. We hope it's not, not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but the main problem is they're being trafficked between their areas from like natural environments yeah. to tour, tour places where they are like tour people can bring them in and show them. And that's, um, you know, that's a problem in Costa Rica. I mean, Costa Rica obviously relies a lot on ecotourism, right? On on the idea of tourism and people coming to see the amazing biodiversity. But it's interesting to hear that. Because I, you know, in my head, Costa Rica has got a lot of fantastic initiatives to protect its wildlife. But what I'm hearing now is actually it's a bit of a seedy underbelly of that and that slots are being mm -hmm. taken on purpose to areas that aren't suitable for them in order to promote tourism and bring in more money, which is mind blowing because, you know, Costa Rica what has it relies on solar energy completely. There's a lot of amazing initiatives, I think, in Costa Rica, right, for protecting habitats, for protecting natural resources. but you know, there's a dark side to tourism as well. And uh, that that really, truly surprises me. Is there anything that people could be more aware of? Is it something like online, like sharing photos online or, or specific sort of tour areas that they should avoid? It's It, it gets very complicated because then you we, all, we always ask people to do the research and be a responsible tourist. Yeah. 
and we 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 use well we tell them no don't do not go into like to see the captive slots and that you you know they're being kept correctly yeah but then there's these places where they're like free but not completely mm-hmm. so it makes it it makes it difficult it's basically if you go into a tour and they ain't sure you a hundred percent sure that you're gonna see a slot yeah. then it's no that's alarm bells are red, should ring yeah it's a red flag yeah exactly it's a red it's a huge red flag it's a wild animal they're camouflage really well you could be walking yeah. in the national park and you don't see the slots but the slots are there yeah so it's if someone ensures you you're gonna see a slot in an area that is not a national park mm. then that's a huge red flag andreas is there anything that you, you want to piggyback on top of that or is do you want to talk about a, a different issue with um with socks well, actually, my issue is going to be the same issue. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a big problem. It's a big problem. I would like to tell people, that's the first thing I want to tell people, and, and that's why I jumped at the chance of being able to do a podcast like this yeah. and exemplifying, in reality, what a sloth truly is. Sloths are not Disney animals. They're yeah. not unicorns. Mm-hmm. They're not little dragons that you buy off the shelf and you take home. Sloths are animals, and they exist, and they are disgusting and gross and assholes <laughs> and they are ugly if you really look at them <laughs> i feel like most people love sloths but they have absolutely no clue about what a sloth is outside yeah. of the disney perspective of here's a little plushy animal that i can hug in which in most cases are just a teddy bear that they've modified to look like a sloth <laughs> yeah given extra long limbs and smushed its yeah. face a little bit yeah exactly like Three toed sauce can move their head around like the little kid from The Exorcist. They have those little weird dangly <laughs> limbs and very short, stubby legs, and they have like weird faces with like a very odd nose. And two toed sauce are gross, and they have those beady little <laughs> eyes with those like tiny pupils. Like, don't get me wrong, I specialize in sauce and I love sauce, but yeah. I love them for what they are. It Not it sounds it yet. sounds like you're doing a diss track on them though. It sounds like you are just <laughs> sounds like you are essentially just listing every reason why people shouldn't love sloths. But yeah, yeah they're, they're love for the wrong reasons though. I think I think you're right. I feel like we've yeah we've you know this trend of jazzifying something of like yes, uh this like and make putting makeup and stuff over people's heads and that kind of thing. Yeah, we've jazzified sloths. That's what Definitely. we've done. Yeah, yeah. transform them into this ideal version of a very marketable toy. That's exactly and it. Yeah, gotten completely that they're just an animal trying to survive. Yeah, and then people just take them from the wild so that they can maybe not in Costa Rica put them in your arms, but mm-hmm. certainly you know put them on your on your view. Often in environments that don't belong to them. That's it. I mean, well. I mean, they're missing out their territories, and then they fight each other. They, they, and they kill when each they're other. trying to go back, they kill each other. They, 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 when they try to go back into their territory, that's when accidents happens. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's, uh, that's something that I don't feel like people know too much about is that sloths mm-hmm. have a territory and will defend it aggressively. And um, yeah, I mean, I know sloth selfies are a big thing. It is with hugging. You can, you can hug sloths at some places in Costa Rica, or is that? Am I wrong no. about that? It's you completely can't? legal. I mean, it, oh. it has happened. Yeah. But it's completely legal. You cannot manipulate animals. Interesting. So maybe that's a thing in America rather than in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. right? That's, I see. Right, right. Well, and people are fooled, aren't they? Particularly with the three fingered face of looking happy and looking docile and not recognizing the signs of a stressed animal. What would you say are the, the signs of a stressed sloth? 
I mean, in a captive setting, as you said, they don't have they don't have the mu- the muscles to change their facial expression. So the facial mm-hmm. expression is always like that, even when they are completely terrified. But the, those things they do when they lift their hands up in an aggressive manner, and people think that's cute, and they're saying hi because they're reaching towards you with their hand, that's right. them telling, I'm going to fuck you over if you touch me. Yeah. And people get excited about it because, oh, it's reaching to me. It's not reaching to you. Yeah. And the fact that in, in other places, in like in the States, they sell you interactions with slots, like, oh, come have wine with slots, come have yoga with slots. Yeah. Come have, yeah, that is terrible it's yeah. super stressful for the animal there are animals that in in the case of the tree fingers they're catamerals so they they take naps during the day and you're oh. interrupting a natural nap to have them overstimulated with humans and it happens to the two fingers too i mean they don't sleep that much but they, they are, they're active at night so you're taking them during the day when they will be sleeping napping or just sitting down yeah and you make them interact with all these noises and all these smells because they, they they have very bad eyesight but they have really good sense of smell yeah and imagine all these people with perfumes and dogs and other things and they getting them overstimulated and then they're selling it as an interaction is terrible it's mistreating the sloth. yes yeah yeah well i don't want to end on a, a a sad note is there anything positive that you want people to know about sloths andreas like you know I, you know i've got to dig deep and find something <laughs> positive that you want to say about sloths why should people love sloths why should people love sloths mm-hmm. why shouldn't they why shouldn't they? <laughs> they they are an animal and they are just by virtue of being an animal amazing yeah you know they are outstandingly outside of every single norm they are the most fuck the rules animal i know they take every <laughs> biological rule to ever exist and they're like fuck that and yeah just exactly destroy it. um literally a sloth is basically what if you took uh you know a mammal and transformed it into a, some sort of weird marsupial reptile mold monkey thing and then you just here there's a sloth and so it's like they're amazing animals and uh there's so much that needs to be studied about them and that's i guess my favorite Mm. thing about sloths really that every day working with sloths is a new day where you learn something cool and amazing about these animals they're they used to be one of the most biodiverse groups of animals to ever exist and if that doesn't make you love sauce, I don't know what will. You They're don't just know what will. Amazing. <laughs> They're just amazing. Absolutely amazing animals. Uh, so much unlike anything else. And if you like learning, if you really like animals, and you really want to say a sloth is my favorite animal, you can just open a book and learn about them. Yeah. And um, that's the best way that you can support sloths yeah. is by learning about sloths. Because once you learn about sloths, all of these things that they're trying to fool you into believing about sloths, they fall away. And then you just, you're stuck with the reality that sloths are just really cool. Yeah. And um, they don't need to be pretty to be cool. And they don't need to be smell like roses to be cool. And they don't need to not be assholes to be cool. (laughs) They can just be assholes and really cool they're judgmental and that's my favorite trait about the sloths that i love (laughs) it it is completely true they should be loved because of how weird they are and i personally have a soft spot for the unique and weird animals in the world yes and also in like taking the the good side of them being popular they're they're a flagship a flagship species yeah so if you protect sloths you protect the environment where many other animals live 
is there a good like TED talk or anything on slots? Do you know what I mean? Is there any like <laughs> let's do a TED talk about slots? That would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. you absolutely should. should. Yeah, yeah, you guys would be hilarious on it. I can I can attest as having you guys on my podcast today has been, you know, a pleasure and a joy. So you absolutely should step up and do a TED talk on why people should and shouldn't love slots. <laughs> I think uh, this has been a, a great place to leave it and to sign off and because I'm very conscious of your time uh, out in Costa Rica, you know, doing the, the good work, saving the animals. So I'm not going to take you oh, too much time away from the animals. Uh, this has been another episode of Arsehole Animals with Alice. Thank you so much to my amazing guests, Anna and Andreas, for coming on and speaking all things sloth today. And thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you learned at least one thing about sloths today. Do you think people learned one... What, what one thing do you think you want people to learn about sloths? That Jackie Chan has... has yeah. Has, Jackie Chan didn't man. survive that much. <laughs> sloths are better than Jackie Chan. <laughs> You heard it here first. <laughs> Amazing, so guys. better than dolphins, too. Yeah, that's yeah. It. they're better than dolphins as well. Exactly right. <laughs> Thank you so much to my amazing guests uh, for coming on today. Thank you so much, guys. All right. Remember, everybody, put some air in your tires. They're looking a little bit flat. Drink plenty of water. And most importantly, don't be an arsehole. Bye. Thank you so much, guys. Bye, bye, bye. Thank you for listening to Arsehole Animals with Alice. Don't forget, you can support the podcast by heading over to Patreon to become a donor. Each donation you make helps me continue to make you laugh and learn about the arseholes of the animal kingdom. You can find me on patreon.com slash arseholeanimals with Alice. It's as simple as that. See you next time.